And one day uh, I pulled out a, a Rotary Club meeting here in Wichita and there was a sign that says KSGL 900 on your dial, Christian radio, new in Wichita, tune in. And I thought, well, I'm a Christian, I better tune into that. Well, that's the hand of the Lord in your life. So I started listening. I had about a 30 minute drive to work every day and I started listening to KSGL every morning. And uh, and then I would get into the dealership and I listened to Chuck Swindoll and John MacArthur and Harry Hendricks every morning. And, uh, and that's how the word got into my heart. And uh, I'd get into the store and I'd put a tape recorder up on the dash and leave the radio on and record the last half, because it was about an hour and a half, those three guys on KSGL every morning. And uh, I'd listen to the last half of them going home that night. So that's how hungry I was for the word that I was hearing. Joe Stout is one of my role models in life, and he's a role model for many people that I know. For those familiar with the car dealership scene in Wichita, he is the former AMC Jeep dealer located on Douglas Street. You know, Joe is a faithful man of God who is not ashamed of the gospel and boldly shares his faith with whomever the Lord directs. However, he has not always been totally sold out to the Lord. Let's listen in as Joe shares his life story with us and gives us encouragement for putting Christ first. So I have with me today my brother in Christ, Joe Stout. So thanks for being with me today on the podcast, Joe. Well, it's a real pleasure to be here. We wanted to start just a little bit, talk about your your background. Uh, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up right here in Wichita, Kansas, born in Wesley Hospital and uh, been here other than the stint at KU. Why, well, I've been here all my life. What did your parents do for a living? My parents' uh, mother was a blessed housekeeper for me and my sister, and my dad was an automobile dealer. And I think that influenced you to to go into uh, your career as well. Can you tell me a little bit about your career in, in the automotive business? Well, I was raised in the car business and uh, my grandfather was a Model T Ford dealer. And then dad got into business after the war and, and then it rubbed off on me and, and I got involved with the auto new and used car sales and uh, stayed with it. And uh, I'm proof that Jesus died for car dealers too. <laughs> You were a um, American Motors dealer, is that right? We were AMC, and then we were Jeep, and Dad, Dad and I were Pontiac, Pontiac Jeep dealers for many years. Your dealership was on uh, was it Douglas or what street was it on? It was on Which Douglas country? Corner, yeah, Douglas and Patty. Okay, and uh, we also had Dad started a Wichita Sports Car Center, also down on Patty, which was Jaguar, Hillman, Minx, Triumph, and Rolls Royce. So wow. we had all sorts of brands over the years. Yes. I had, I had sold the dealership franchise, but I had the property for sale at Washington and Douglas and uh, the quick trip. And uh, that is now a quick trip. And uh, I had the place for sale and had the for signs up and had it listed with a realtor, and, but nothing was happening. And a friend of mine walked in one morning and said, said why don't you sell it to quick trip? And I said, well, I assume the realtors talked to him. And they said, he said, well, I know the land man real well. Let me, let me call him. He get him on the phone. And uh, I went, he said, he wants to talk to you. So I walked over there and uh, 
said, yes, sir. And uh, he got on the phone and, and he told me he was interested in the property. And I said, well, that's down there, Washington and Douglas. And he said, I'm very familiar with it. He said, I understand you're a Christian car dealer. And I said, well, I, the Lord Jesus is my savior and I'm a car dealer. So I guess you're right. He said, I want to come up and meet you. So I'll be up tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. So up he came. Yeah. So he comes up the next morning, walks in, we shake hands and we get to talking about our faith and our families and our kids and so forth. And we sat down in my office and I explained to him how I had to sell the used cars that I had. I had about 25 used cars sitting there and I sure needed to get them sold, but I need to get the property sold too. And uh, we talked about that and again, talked more about our families and where we went to church. Now we came to Christ and so forth. And and uh, there was a lull in the conversation. And I said, well, about this property, he said, oh, we'll buy it. He said, I just wanted to see if you were real. And I said, I got a tear in my eye. And I said, well, I am real. The Lord's my savior. And he said, and so what we'll do is, is uh, we'll go ahead and close on the property right away, but uh, you can stay here for a couple months and sell your used cars off rent free and just pay the utilities. Praise the Lord. What wow. a miracle. Yeah. And that's been one of one of Quick Trip's best stations is Washington and Douglas. That's a great story how the Lord provided for you during that time. Absolutely. And yeah. then he's providing for Quick Trip. So did you grow up in a in a home that would be a Christian home, honored Christ? Would you say I, I grew up in a home that went to church every Sunday? In fact, my folks helped build a church, and uh, I was raised in that in Sunday school class and then uh, teenage classes and so forth, and ended up being even chairman of the board of that church. Tell me kind of what happened after that, as far as how you came uh, further in your faith. Well, what happened was, uh, of course, we were going to church every Sunday, and but it wasn't a church that challenged you to know Christ as your Savior. And, uh, uh, but I didn't know any difference. I was raised there. So uh, uh, we were going there every Sunday. And Sandy was raised uh, in a different church and uh, had accepted Christ at an earlier age. And, and she got to praying for me to uh, be born again, really, and, uh, and uh, grow in my faith. And uh, so she was praying for me. The Lord started working on that and working on me. And, and one day uh, I pulled out of a Rotary Club meeting here in Wichita, and there was a sign that says KSGL 900 on your dial, Christian radio, new in Wichita, tune in. And I thought, well, I'm a Christian. I better tune into that. Well, that's the hand of the Lord in your life. So I started listening. I had about a 30-minute drive to work every day, and I started listening to KSGL every morning. And, uh, and then I would get into the dealership and I listened to Chuck Swindoll and John MacArthur and Harry Hendricks every morning. And, uh, and that's how the word got into my heart. And, uh, I'd get into the store and I'd put a tape recorder up on the dash and leave the radio on and record the last half. It was about an hour and a half, those three guys on KSGL every morning, and uh, I'd listen to the last half of them going home that night. So that's how hungry I was for the word that I was hearing. And one day I'd pulled out of the house and was down the dirt road headed to town. And uh, Chuck's 
Swindoll was preaching, and he said, wouldn't today be the right time for you to give your life to Christ? And I thought, hmm, I really need to do that. Pulled the uh, Jeep over to the side of the road and asked the Lord into my life and got saved, and that started a new ball rolling. What happened then, uh, I started, of course, continued listening to these guys on the radio, and uh, one day the announcer came on and said, Chuck Swindoll, it was after he had his little presentation that morning said it's coming to Wichita, Kansas. And he's going to be at First Baptist Church for dinner on Saturday night. And then he's going to be at First Evangelical Free Church preaching on Sunday morning. And I thought, well, that's wonderful. We need to hear him. So I, I called the station manager. I was advertising my Jeep store on the KSGL by then. And I knew him, the station manager. And I called him and said, when are they coming in? And, and uh, <clears throat> He told me, and I said, well, I'd like to, he said he's coming in on Thursday and going to be at the Baptist Church on Sunday night, or on Saturday night, and then First Evangelical Free Church on Sunday morning. And I said, well, I'd like to take him to dinner Thursday night. He's coming in, and I'd like to take you and your wife also. And then I took, took the uh, husband and wife, our pastor at the church we've been going to, and my mom and dad and Sandy's mama, and... Uh, had a private dining room at a place I was a member of. And we had a nice dinner and met Chuck Swindoll and his traveling companion, which was Mr. Lockman of the Lockman Foundation. And uh, we had a nice evening. I don't remember any high level spiritual things I discussed with him, but I wanted to make a friend out of him and tell Chuck Swindoll I really appreciated him. So that's what happened with that evening dinner. And then we went to the Baptist church to hear him on Saturday night. And lo and behold, we went to the First Evangelical Free Church Sunday morning to hear him preach. And I think people may not know about the Logman Foundation very much. I believe that's the organization that has published the New American Standard Bible. Is that your understanding? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Mr. Lockman was a fine gentleman, had a nice evening getting acquainted with him, and he even brought uh, leather-bound Bibles uh, for each couple that was at the dinner, which wow. we still have. And that was a nice gift. Yes. So you heard Chuck Swindoll on the radio. You uh, gave your life to Christ, became a believer, side of the road. And um, uh, did that? Did, did you tell your wife about that at the time? When you? No, uh, I didn't. I just did as kind of a businessman reaction. Checked that off. I needed to do it, and mm -hmm. decided to get her done. And went mm -hmm. on to work, and uh, kept listening to him every morning, and uh, every evening coming home. So I kept kept taking in the word of God, but I don't know that I went home and excitedly told Sandy that I'd gotten saved until later, later, and praise her little heart that she prayed for me long and hard, and uh, that was a major step to draw me to a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's great. Then I think you had another interaction. Uh, tell me about the relationship with Howard Hendricks. Well, then... Uh, Interesting the way the Lord does things. He wanted me to meet Howie Hendricks. So uh, a friend of mine had, uh, was involved with the Navigators, and he knew they had a summer conference out at Glen Area at their conference at Colorado Springs. So he in invited me to come out, Sandy and I, to go out there for that week-long conference. So we say, okay, we'll go. We didn't even know who the speaker was. We get out there. Lo and behold, it's Howie Hendricks for a week. So we spent a week with Howard every day, listening to his uh, preaching and teaching and uh, growing thereby. 
And then well, later, later on, uh, and uh, I was involved with a Christian organization that had, no, excuse me, excuse me, I've got that confused. John MacArthur was the speaker at Glen Airy, sure. the Navigator Conference. I'm sorry. And then later on, Howie Hendricks uh, was teaching at a Christian conference in Florida, and Sandy and I decided to go down there and hear him. So the Lord worked it out to where I met all three of those men that had an input in my life. Chuck Swindoll, John MacArthur, and Howie Hendricks. Yeah. Sorry to get those two gentlemen confused with the Navigator Conference. No, that's fine. Howard Hendricks, for people who don't know, was a longtime professor at uh, Dallas Seminary. And uh, I think he also had a great influence on a number of navigators. He was very supportive of the Navigator ministry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was uh, my first exposure to it, was mm. hearing him talk about that and, and going to Glen Airy. So let's talk a little bit about how you came, came to be involved with the Navigators, the organization that you and I are involved with right now. Uh, was it through Glen Erie? Was it some other relationship? Well, it was through Glen Erie and hearing about the Navigators and then got home. And, uh, and one of the guys I met out at the NAV conference, a fellow by the name of Jim Morris. And Jim Morris was a state director of the Navigators and, uh, and lo and behold, he and I got acquainted and ended up living about a mile from each other out in the country, east of Andover. And we became good friends. And I spent many, many hours in his living room being discipled by him. What mm. a privilege it was to know Jim Morris and be discipled by him. He was so consistent and he just loved me and showed me and discipled me every which way. I think he was uh, petroleum guy he was in the oil uh, he, that's industry. right he was yeah. he yeah. was yep yeah. he was yeah. i'd forgotten that so what did what did that discipleship relationship look like you spent many hours in his you said in his front room or whatever what what did he go over with you or how, how did he do that well verse by verse and one of the big things he said now joe is you need to memorize god's word and hide it in your heart and i thought oh okay i've never done that before and he challenged me to take a verse a week that he assigned to me and hide it in my heart and uh, memorize scripture. And that was a huge life changer. Mm. You prayed with him probably and uh, studied we the word prayed, together. And... We prayed diligently every mm -hmm. time we met, of course. And then I would pray for him and he, I'm sure he was praying for me other days. And uh, yeah. we just developed a very dear friendship. That's cool. Then you took that relationship and multiplied that in other people's lives. You've invested in many people over the years, I know, um, in the discipling relationship. Do you, do you think that's important today to, to reproduce spiritually well, in other people? I think it's huge. And the way I watched it with Jim and myself, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, has taught me that group meetings are fine, and I have some group Bible studies but there's nothing like that one-on-one. -on -one. It, is, it is amazing, the relationship you develop and the closeness you get and uh, what you learn with a one-on-one -on -one relationship with, a, with another uh, believer in Christ that is more mature than you are, like Jim was with me. What are some reasons people find it difficult to disciple other people, do you think? Well, I think number one is they haven't prayed enough. They need to mm -hmm. lift that person up and lift that, that uh, situation where they have a heart for that one 
and really go to the Lord in prayer before they even contact that person. And, and uh, I've got a situation right now that uh, I'm working on that I pray the Lord will open this man's heart and allow he and I to meet together. But it's going to take a lot of prayer to bring him to the point that he'd uh, agree to meet. Hmm. I know that uh, you've been through some challenges in your life, Joe. Um, loss of your son. Um, can you tell me kind of what went through your mind and, and how the Lord worked in that situation? Well, he bless his heart, uh, Byron. I'm Byron the third, Joe's a nickname, and he's Byron the fourth. The Lord decided to call him home and cancer. Probably it's about five, six years ago now. But uh, it, it's just uh, one of those things you have to trust the Lord and let go. And uh, he has a wonderful wife and lovely family that have carried on. And uh, Byron is, was a steadfast believer. So we have that absolute convinced hope and know that he is with the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. And as I've said, he wouldn't come back for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll see him again someday. And see him again someday. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. And then recently you lost your lovely wife of uh, how many years were you married? 61 years. 61 Sandy put years. up with me. Mm. And uh, golly, last uh, September, the Lord called her home. Mm. So she and Byron have a, had a reunion and uh, our son. And boy, do I miss her. Yeah. And what a, what a loss that is. But uh you know, when you get to think about it, that marriage is such a, a two become one, the scripture says. And boy, that's just a, that's a tight, tight deal that's broken when one is, passes away and you have to deal with it. But the odds are that a married couple, uh, are they're going to deal with it. The odds of both dying at the same time are very remote. So yeah. one of you is going to go through that severe loss and the way to in, endure through it. And that's the word enduring is to hold hands with Jesus and trust him night and day to get you past the loneliness and so forth. And it's never mm -hmm. over, but it, uh, it does heal some and you can go forward and trust him and know that I know my sweetheart is well off mm -hmm. and rejoicing with the Lord in heaven. Any other stories you can think of that you want to share with us as far as how the Lord has taken care of you over the years or provided for you? Well, just uh, in every way, wonderful family, precious wife, wonderful kids, just opportunities to share the Lord with others. Mm. And uh, that's just, that's just kind of tells it all. And yeah. uh, day at a time you get up, report for duty, Lord, what do you got for me today? And, <laughs> Take it a step at a time and see what he's got. And it'll it'll surprise you what's around the next corner. But you just do what you can do. No, I've always been very impressed by your confidence in the Lord, your steadfast love and trust in him, and your boldness in witnessing. We were at a restaurant the other day, and uh, you were just uh, very bold and sharing your faith with people. And I really appreciate that. Well, you're very kind, but it's just a joy to watch people react and uh, draw them to the Lord. What a privilege it is to be one of his spokesmen. Yeah. How, how old are you, Joe? I'm 81. 81. 82 next, next month. All right. Still love the Lord. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still walking with him daily and still making daily, disciples. Daily, daily, and uh, every chance I get, share the Lord with somebody. That's I great. was at uh, lunch or breakfast this morning with a fellow I've been discipling, and uh, and there was a couple of ladies sitting at the table across the aisle from us, and he and I were sharing some devotionals, and I had just read him a devotional, and we were talking about it. And the Lord said, and that it's, I had it on a piece of paper, a copy of it. And the Lord said, give that to that lady, those ladies across the table. And huh. I just said, hey, ladies, we just read this. Here's the Lord said, give it to you. And they took it. And uh, then when we were done, we got up to leave and they thanked me for it. Said that just really hit the spot today. Thank you oh, so very good. much. Well, if I hadn't been obedient, handed them the sheet of paper, they had to uh, gone away without knowing it so you yeah. know, when the lord speaks to you and nudges you to do something or say something obey what would you tell a young man uh, starting out in business maybe starting out in a business they've uh created you know a car dealership whatever what would you tell them about the relationship between time commitment to work family ministry what advice would you have well that's a real balancing act and and uh, of course trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. So when you, when you uh, practice that and uh, let go, then the Lord starts directing you and he lots your time the way he sees it and different things. Of course, you want to have time with your family and time with your ministry and time and, and time with your business. But one of the big things that the Lord taught me in the business when I got involved with the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, was your business is a big part of your ministry, your customers, your employees, and, and your suppliers are all part of the people that the Lord wants you to have contact with and share the Lord with. So he's got you with a Jeep store, or he's got you as a doctor, or he's got you whatever to uh, serve those people in the name of Jesus, as well as your immediate family. Yeah, people are watching, aren't they? No matter where you are or what you're doing, they're watching Absol your example. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just oh, praise the Lord, always praise the Lord. But the key is just be available as you wake up in the morning, roll out of bed, being appointed for that day to go be used to Him. So make yourself available and get out there and get with the program and uh, be not ashamed of the gospel. Wake up every morning and just ask the Lord what He has for you today. Be available to be used by Him in someone's life. Be bold and be not ashamed of the gospel. These are words of admonition and encouragement from Mr. Joe Stout. You know, that reminds me of Romans 1, 16 and 17, where in the New King James Version it says, quote, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith." End quote. Good words of encouragement from Mr. Joe Stout. Join us next time as we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, 
nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.